Welcome. You are about to listen to a destiny-changing message preached by Pastor David at Caris Phase 2. Caris Phase 2 is our revival-seeking youth ministry where young people are coming to know Jesus Christ. Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the Word of God. Be blessed as you listen. In Romans chapter... Romans chapter 1 verse 17... It says that for therein the righteousness of God, for in it, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed. How? How is the righteousness of God revealed? As it is written. Let's all read that bit together. Say it again. For the last time. Actually, I prefer it louder. Wow, this is amazing. Satan doesn't like it when we read the word word of God loud. It it really makes him very worried and nervous. The just who lives by faith. Who live by faith? Who is the just? Don't tell me me. Don't say me. I don't mean you. Who is the just in the contest? Who is the just person? So anyone who is someone who is unjustified is the just. Wow. That's very smart to know. I told you. You guys are very smart. Because of you, I feel like I should, I, should, I should be a lecturer in the university because wow. it looks like it's going to be, a, it's to be an easy job. <laughs> the just shall live by faith. Who is the just? Anyone who is justified. So justification is actually a function of faith. Justification. That is what sparked the Reformation. And we have Martin Luther and Calvin. Martin Luther who left the Catholic Church because the Catholic Church was practicing things and how you can be justified by works. Another way of putting justification is being accepted by God. You passed. So um, when something is manufactured, it's taken through quality control. And then once it passes the checks, they put the stamp on it. All right, approved. So for you to be accepted by God, approved by God, it has to, the Catholic Church taught that there are things you have to do. Mm-hmm. You need to take this box, take this box. That's what every religion does anyway. Every religion shows you, tells you boxes to take in other for God to accept you. So you have to tick this box. You have to tick this box. You have to pray eight times a day. You have to do this. You have to do that. You have to do that. And you tick the boxes. So then even if you sin, those days, you may have to, if you are rich, you may have to pay a lot of money to the church. So like your grandfather died and he was a millionaire. And you love him. And he's left his bequeath all the wealth to you. 
But you want him to make it to heaven because he was a slave to the bad person. But you want him to make, make it to heaven. You have to talk to the popes. You pay a lot of money. So once you pay the money to the pope, huge money, they will give you, you know, like the way when you go to court, they give you a fine to pay us. They give you, so you, someone can be bad and die, but the relatives can pay. You know, do something for them based on the money, or you can put a lot of money into the church coffers. Once you put in money, they can waive your sins, and God will say, okay, that's what coming. That's why in some of the churches, you see when they are praying, they pray for the departed souls. So for all our departed souls, we pray that may God receive them. That's a useless prayer. <laughs> Don't pray for a dead person. But in those days, they used to teach. They used to practice these things. So you have to do some things, and then you have to do penance sometimes because of what you have done. So you have maybe crawl on the floor, rough surface floor, for about one mile. And then afterwards, you say some prayers, you do all that. And he was a priest. So he was a scholar. He read in the Bible. And his problem was he was always feeling guilty. He himself felt like, what can I do to make God happy? But every time when he looks at the standard of God, nothing he does is good enough. Until one day through research, he found out that really, the Bible says the just shall live by faith. So then if it's only faith, why are they adding works? You are not saved by works. But why, why is the institution making people do, do this, do this, do this, and pay heavily for your works, for your, for your faith? So it's like you have to buy your faith. Oh, sorry, buy your salvation or buy your justification. So it was that phrase, the just shall live by faith, that changed the everything, that brought the reformation. So the reformers came up with this um, five only solace. So they say salvation is sola fide, which is sola fide, faith alone. Faith alone. How are we saved? By faith alone. Not faith plus works. So that's why the swelly, really, really people were saying that, no, you don't have to do, even if you fornicate, it's not, you are not saved by your works. You are saved by your faith. So once you accept Jesus, it doesn't matter. That's what they were now. They've been teaching on uh, the YouTube or uh, Instagram, and because people want to sin, they say, "Ah, this sounds great. I'm perfect in my spirit. I can follow." Now it doesn't matter what. Now that I'm born again, Jesus is in my spirit. As for the flesh, there's nothing good in the flesh, my soul. But I'm still perfect in my spirit, so I can do anything and still perfect in my spirit, because it's just grace. Grace is not the law. It's not about don't do this, don't do it. I can do anything because that well, I'm saved not because of what I don't do or what I do, but I'm saved because of the grace of God. Grace, grace, grace. So, but the truth is, when you are saved, it is not based on the things you have done, but the things He has done. That's what brings us into salvation. So the Catholic Church, or the, sorry, the, those days, the Reformation, the Reformation said, it is only God alone. But the Catholic Church said, no, no, you can't say that, it's God alone. Uh, sorry, faith alone. Because the tradition of the church is that you have to have some works to back it. So you have to do A, B, C, and then we can accept you. 
And he said, no, but who is the church? He said, no, you, can't, you, you cannot undermine the tradition of the church. And they said, no, it's the tradition is scripture alone, not scripture by tra- uh, plus tradition. Yes. Don't say, and then they said, but who, who endorsed the scripture? Is it not the church? So the Pope being the leader of the church and the church tradition, the church authorities have more authority than the scripture. Ah! So they said, no, no, it's scripture alone and not church authority as well. It's scripture, so if the church authority is different from what scripture is saying, let the church authority go to hell. So scripture alone, which is called uh, sola scriptura. Okay, so sola fide is only scripture, it's by faith alone. Mm. Only scripture, scripture is the final authority. Analogia scriptura. Analogia scriptura means everything John is saying in John chapter two, it agrees with what James is saying in James chapter four. The, the, The scripture speaks with one voice. The scripture speaks with one word. No, those who tell you, especially, especially those who tell you the Bible is contradicting itself, they are contradicting their common sense. <laughs> so the Bible does not contradict itself. Never accept it anyone tells you the Bible contradicts itself. It doesn't. Whoever tells you that doesn't know the Bible. It's, as, it's, as, it's supposing and assuming. Maybe you can ask them one question. Have you read the Bible cover to cover? Yes. And she, she, she said, I don't have to read it cover to cover. I can just see that you are reading out of context. But you go to the Bible to go and look for errors. You'll find, you'll see a lot of it, which will be a reflection of your ignorance more than the, the, the context of the scriptures. Anyway, so. Sola, okay, analogia scriptura, total scriptura, everything in scripture, not some is right, some is. So you like the part that says that God will bless you, but you don't like the part that says that don't fornicate. Mm. <laughs> it's like buffet. You choose and pick the ones you want. Yeah, pick and mix. You leave, you leave the ones you don't like. No. So it's total scriptura. Everything, including the dots. Mm. Wow. That's how serious it is. In Matthew chapter um, 5, 17 or so, Jesus said, not a jot or a tittle. What? Yeah. By a jot or a tittle, by no means. One. He said, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass. That means, you know, the, 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 uh, the uh, jot, do you know what a jot is? What's a jot? And what's a title? You know, the, the thing that makes differentiates T, lower T from L, that thing. He said, even that is so godly. He said, not that. He said, that one, not one of them will pass without being fulfilled. So by doing that, by saying that, Jesus puts total scripture as the word of God. Every total scripture. So they said, we need tradition and scripture. But the reformers said, total scripture. So, sola fide, sola, sorry, sola scriptura, and then, to the glory of God alone, 
So, sola Dei Gloria, to the glory of God alone. Everything that is happening to church shouldn't be to the glory of a man, to the glory of a woman, to the glory of your feelings, to the glory of your job or anything. It's only to the glory of God. Everything. And then, by grace alone, no works. So, it's faith, no works. Grace, not law. The Bible, not tradition. Okay, so faith versus works. Grace versus law. Bible versus tradition. The glory of God to the opinion of men. Right, so when it says, by grace alone, which is sola gracia, grace alone, grace alone. And Christ is the only one who saves us. So Christ alone. So these five, so Christ alone is solos Christos. Solos Christos, sola gracia, grace alone, sola fide, faith alone, sola scriptura, scripture alone, and sola dei gloria, only to the glory of God alone. <laughs> That's what Christianity is about. Amen. So they are called the five solas of the Reformation. Five solas. So justification, it is by God alone. Sorry, justification is, um, let me repeat. Justification is by grace alone, through faith alone, based on what the scripture says alone, in Christ alone, to the glory of God alone. I like shouting hallelujah. Hallelujah! So, when we say the just shall live by faith, we are actually pointing to the fact that a person who has been justified, justified means that, I thought I explained justification, where the justification is the act of God declaring somebody righteous. So, the act of God declaring a sinner righteous by grace alone, through the sinner's faith in Christ alone, to the glory of God alone. Oh, come on! So, God pronounces you, you are righteous. He declares you righteous. Meanwhile, without righteousness, you can't come to God. And then he said, you are righteous, so now you can come to God. So that is justification. Christianity starts, the just shall live by faith. So that's, that's a, to be a just as you are a Christian, that's how it starts, by faith. So it starts, Christianity starts with being justified. I've been accepted. Justified in the, accepted in the beloved. We have justification through propitiation in his blood. What? Now, so now that we know what justification means, I think it will just do justice to talk about sanctification. The other time I spoke about propitiation, and I don't think I got much time to talk about the expiation, even though I mentioned it and it should suffice, so I'll come back to it later. Let's talk about sanctification. Sanctification is a big thing. 
What does it mean to be sanctified? Sanctify, to sanctify something means to set it apart. That's what it means for a particular use. Um, in parliament, it's not everywhere if you are parliamentarian. Not everywhere, you, can, you can't sit everywhere. No, 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 no. no, some seats are sanctified. Yeah. For the balm of some particular person. <laughs> some seats are sanctified. So sanctification actually means something has been reserved or has been set apart for a, a particular use or a, an exclusive use. And in this case, God setting people apart for his use. That's what sanctification actually means. I might not go too uh, detailed into other aspects of sanctification where he says sanctify the Lord. Mm. You know, but God told the, the Israelites, sanctify yourself, for tomorrow you shall eat meat. <laughs> sanctify yourself, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders amongst you. <laughs> that was the meat you like. <laughs> Beef eater. So, <laughs> sanctify yourself. It means that, you know, this is a very important text. You have to separate yourself. When you become born again, now this is where the rollies, 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 um, uh, those, you are justified. But to justify your justification, to validate your justification, sanctification must follow. A person who claims to be justified and can manifest sanctification is not really justified. I'll explain it. Does that mean that our justification is based on our works? No. But if you are truly justified, what happens is the greatest blessing of Christianity is that, can imagine, Christ lives in you. That's, that's, that's what makes Christianity unique. Christ lives in us and we live in Christ. Amen. And then when we say Christ lives in you, it's not just, in fact, Colossians chapter 3, verse 11 talks about, for Christ is the all. Amen. Christ is all, but Christ is all and is in all. Hallelujah. So when you talk about Christ lives in me, it's not like an aspect of Christ in me. All of Christ is in me. Hallelujah. And it's not even just like all of Christ is in me. You have to understand this. When we say Christ lives in us, she recently in my studies, I came by, I came back to this text, this Latin phraseology or phrase. Opera Trinitatis Adextra Indivisa Sanct. <laughs> Some of you, I know you have Google translation. <laughs> Opera Trinitatis Adextra Indivisa Sanct. This is what it means. The operations of the Trinity in the world is not divisible. The operations of the Trinity. Pastor, what is this? Are we came to church. Is it Bible school? Yes. Because I'm talking to intellectuals. Sensible people who are more sensible than potentially the generation I had. Because auntie doesn't like these things. He like breakthrough miracle. Amen. <laughs> by fire, by fire. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> (laughs) 
<laughs> because most of us are dealing with people who are confronting you on in the intellectual platform. So long as Christianity is concerned. So you shouldn't be ignorant about some things. Okay. The operations of the Trinity in the world are indivisible. Or this is what it means. When you see the Holy Ghost at work, what does it mean? That means Jesus and God the Father, they are all working together. Mm, okay. So you can't see that, so as for this one, it's just the Holy Spirit. No. Anytime Holy Spirit is moving, Jesus is moving, the Father is moving. Anytime Jesus is moving, the Father is moving, the Holy Spirit is moving. Anytime God is doing something on earth, that means Jesus is there, the Father is there. So when he says that Jesus lives in us, what does that mean? God the Father. I can't hear you. When he says Jesus lives in us, what does that mean? The Father lives in me and the Holy Spirit lives in us. That's what that statement means. Opera Trinitatis Adestra in Divisa Sant. The Holy the Godhead, their operations on the earth, you can't separate them. Even though they are them, they work together everything. So Jesus, the, when he was here, the Father was with him, the Spirit was with him. Yeah. So when Jesus lives in me, that means that, in fact, I think First Corinthians chapter 3, is it verse 16, I believe, it talks about, don't you know that you are the temple of who? God. Ah, but we know Christ is in me. But here he said, God. Yeah. And then in second, second, second Corinthians chapter six, yeah, I think verse sixteen, between sixteen and nineteen, it talks about how the whole. Don't you know your your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Hey, your body is what the temple of the Holy Spirit. Ah, so the Holy Spirit is in your body, but Jesus is in me. And he said, you are the temple of God. So did you see that opera trinitatis indivisa adestra adestra indivisa. The, the three of them are all in us. In fact, Jesus puts it this way. If um, John chapter 14, verse 21 to 23, talks about, talking about if you love me, you obey my commandments. And then he says that uh, who loves me, uh, uh, loves me. And he who loves me will love my father and I will love him and manifest. Look at verse 23. Verse 23 says that. He says, and then he said, uh, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my father will love him, and we will come. We will come and do what? Make our dwelling, our home in, in him. So then, when Christ is in you, you're actually carrying God in you. Wow. Wow. See, that's why you have to be very careful who you choose to be your friend or potential mate. Mm. Because they don't, they have devil inside them. You have God inside you. (laughs) How can the pastor say people have devil? But can't you see from even their work sometimes? Can't you see from their face? Can't Can't you see from the pressure she's putting on you for sex? That this one, the devil lives in her. <laughs> Can't you see from the pressure he's putting on you that this guy is a carrier of the devil? <laughs> Since you befriended them, haven't you seen that your spiritual life is plummeting? They brought the devil into your territory. People, human beings were created to carry. So everybody is a carrier. But depends on what you are carrying. <laughs> Everybody's a carrier. Wow. Tell somebody, I'm a carrier. 
<laughs> so when, that's, that means that when you're about to choose a husband or a wife, you have to be very careful. Because they might be carrying something. So now, back to sanctification. When you become born again, you are justified. When you are justified, one of the signs of true justification is it produces sanctification. Okay. What does it mean to be justified? God declares you righteous on the grounds of your faith in Christ alone. If you put your faith in Christ, it will show, first of all, God living in you will also begin to produce. When God is in you, something will begin to show. Yeah. The way since you say you are born again, the way nothing has changed in your life, it makes us doubt your salvation. It makes us doubt the genuineness and the authenticity of your justification. Wow, wow. Because if that justification is authentic, it will produce sanctification. In other words, if God is living in you, he actually sets you apart for himself. How come God is living in you and things are still normal? That's where the swelly, swelly, roly, roly, some, some of those guys. That's where they got it wrong. We are not saved by what we do, but when we are saved, it affects what we do. It affects what you do. You can't claim you are saved, but you have, there's no change. There's no sanctification. Christ is our sanctification. Is it not enough? For your sins to be forgiven. It's not enough to appreciate election. And if you remember election, and I don't mean parliamentary or presidential election, I thought that we have been elected by God. Elected by God. Hallelujah. Amen. So before we were even from God as this is this is very interesting. From eternity past, God has set his mind on some people that this person called you will be born. And then when you are born, at a certain point in time, you'll be saved. And then when you are saved, when you are dying, it will be glorification. He has already set his eyes on you. So in Isaiah 49, verse 1, he said, he said, when I was a fetus in my mother's womb, you called me by my name. Wow. Yeah. From the matrix of my mother, he has made mention of my name. When they haven't given you a name yet. <laughs> When they haven't given you a name yet, God has already mentioned you by your name. God has called you. What? So when you were messing up in the world and insulting church people and saying, church is not for me, God has called you. Yes! And he paid for your sins in advance before you responded. He has... He has chosen us from the foundation of the world. So election, it's good to know you have been elected. And after he elected us, in time, he justified us. 
So before you were born, you were elected. But when you start living at a positive point in time, he justifies you by stirring faith in your heart through a preaching you hear. Wow. How many of you, to be honest, who are born again can admit that sometimes you are quite impressed the fact that you are born again? Oh. And, and, and you, you actually know it's not fake. And sometimes if you think through, ah, I can't be, I'm born again. And you love it. And in fact, you love it than you could have ever imagined. And, and you know you are actually born again. But when you look at your cronies and your actual best friend, you can tell they are still on their way on the M25 of hell. And you can't really give credit to the preaching, even though God uses the preaching. Because you remember the day you believed. You were two of you. Just two of you. The other one was also preached to. But he didn't listen. So it wasn't that powerful, some powerful theological. No, no, no. But as the guy spoke, something responded from inside you. (laughs) That is the appointed time. God stirred up faith in you. (laughs) God stirred up faith in you. God has reserved you to the, for the moment that you're going to be saved. And he sent Jesus to die for those who will be saved. Mm. <laughs> That's another one I brought in. Yeah, yeah. He sent Jesus to die for you ahead of time. Mm. Because he knows you'll be saved. Mm. So those Romans chapter... 8 verse 29. For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed into the image of his son, that he will be that he might be the firstborn amongst many brethren. Now, the key thing is verse 30. Moreover, he uh, whom he predestined, these also, the same. The same people he predestined, the same set of guys are the ones he also called. Who does God call? Those he has predestined. Does God call everybody? Who does he call? That's there. He said, before I was formed in my mother's womb, he called me. What? When I was, I was in my, uh, the matrix of my mother. He named me. What? The Lord has called me from, the ma- from my mother's womb. He's called me. Oh, but pastor, everybody's called. Yeah. <laughs> Romans 8, 29. Those he foreknew. That tells you this is not a common occurrence for everybody. He said, those, out of the lot, those, he foreknew, is the same people he has predestined to be conformed. That's why Christ came to be the image, so that those he has foreknown can be conformed into the image of Christ. Christ came on the account of those God has foreknown. Verse 30 says that, moreover, those he called. Who are the people he called? The dose he has predestined. 
And what are those he predestined? Those he foreknew. He foreknew. He, that, that means that he set his love on you before you were pregnant, before your mother conceived you. He set his love on you. So those he foreknew, he predestined. Those he predestined in time, he called. Those he called, uh, whom he called, he justified. So he will call you and justify you now. Listen to this very carefully. This is where I'm going. Something is not mentioned in this text. Because this is the spectrum of the believer's life. Predestination, I'm sorry, foreknowledge, predestination, calling, justification, and then if he justifies you, glorification. Is there something that happens between all these times? Really, foreknowledge is a long time ago. All right, For the, the foreknowledge is a long time ago. Between foreknowledge and predestination is around the same time because he foreknew and predestined. But between the predestination and calling, calling happens in time. Foreknowledge happens in eternity past. Predestination happens in eternity past. What happens in time is the calling. So when he calls you now, what does he do? He will give you the faith. He will inspire your heart to believe and so that you'll be justified. So just calling and justification happens in time. And really, the reason why you are, you are justified is because you have actually been called. Who are the people God justifies? God. That's why you are justified. At what point in time does he call you? The time you start calling on him. <laughs> For whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall, shall be saved. The reason why you are calling on him to be saved is because he has called you. He has predestined, and the time that is now saying, now, now come. That's the time your, faith, your heart is moving. You are starting to call on his name, and you have to put your faith in him, and he saved. Now, after you are saved, he said, those who are justified, he glorified. Now, glorification in this context is talking, mainly pointing about the end of everything. So it starts from eternity past. God plans the same people he planned in eternity are the same glorified version of the person. So whoever gets glorified was already predestined from eternity past. So whatever is happening within time has the influence is coming from eternity past for the purpose of eternity future. Now watch this. After justification, something which is very essential happens. Because if you have been justified, what are you waiting for? Die! Mm. (laughs) I mean, it's like you finish university, you finish, you've got your degree. Why are you going back to uni? Mm. To go and do the same, you finish your PhD. Are you going to do the same course again? No. I'm st- let's say I'm studying um, what? Computer science. Computer science. Okay. <laughs> studying computer science. PhD. I've done my undergrad. I've done my master's. Mm. I've finished my PhD, computer science. Then I go and enroll again. I want to do computer science. <laughs> master's level. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> 
I want to be in the uni. No, you can't be here. Uni is for studies. It's not for accommodation. It's for studies. So as soon as you finish, you don't want to go, but they have to kick you out. The student's accommodation must be passed on to someone who is also steady. So really, if it's the reason why I'm in uni is to get my master's. After I get my master's, then go. If the reason why we are alive is just to be justified, then after you are justified, now go. But justification is really not the end of life. There is another process that takes the sum of your human Christian life. Galatians chapter 4, verse 19. My little children, for whom I labor in birth again, unto Christ before you. What is he talking about? Is he talking about born again people or born against? He said, I labor in birth again. That's what I've done in the first time. Preaching and pushing so you get born again. Now that you are born again, I'm going back to the labor world. Pastor, what are you doing in the labor world? Another baby is coming. No, you. <laughs> I'm betting you again. Uh, what for what? I'm laboring until Christ be formed in you. That Christ being formed in you is what is called sanctification. Sanctification. That someone looks at you and said, you, 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 you. I don't know how Christ looks like, but there's something Christ about you. Now, the rest of your Christian life is a journey of becoming more and more and more like Christ. More and more. You started from here. So now, as you are in Christ, gradually, God is working on you. So the pastor's job is to labor for you to become more and more. Some of you came to church here. After a while, after five years, you have no you have done just done this. People who came two years after you came in are here. You are still here. You are hampering the justice sanctification process. And it's a matter of labor. The entirety of your Christian life is a journey of sanctification. You are being transformed. So he says that we all, with unveiled faces, are beholding us in a glass, are being transformed into the same image. That's sanctification. You are on your journey, watch this, you are on your journey to becoming more and more and more and more and more and more more like Christ. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is why that annoying usher is part of your journey. That is why that gossiping sister is part of your journey. That's why that sister who has set her eyes on the same boy who you can notice that likes you. Have you noticed that since you became born again, your desires have not fully gone? It's part of the process. <laughs> oh, some of you are now changing. I, I think it's a good area to go into. Because, you know, how many, how many of you have seen someone who is in church and you know this is a genuine Christian, later on you hear something they've done. Yeah. I said, ah, how could you go 
and slap somebody and fight him. <laughs> you have changed. And your, your, your people who know your family, you, you say you are Christian. Yes. And sometimes they can tell there's a change. But other times they look like, but you haven't changed. <laughs> please, give me some time. I'm in a process. I'm, I'm a work in progress. I'm work in progress. I'm work in progress. I am not where I want to be. But I thank God I'm no more where I used to be. Hallelujah. So then the rest of of your Christian journey is a journey of sanctification. Then becoming, what is maturity? When you are becoming more like Christ. And not in height, not in complexion, not in size, but in character. We are partakers of the divine nature. We have been saved to begin to exhibit the nature of God on earth. Somebody's living an earthly life, but there's there's a heavy heavenly influence on your earthly life. Hallelujah. You are living an earthly life, but manifesting heavenly credentials. That's sanctification. And Christ has become for us both wisdom and sanctification. First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. So the rest of your Christian life is but of him. You are in Christ, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Christ is our sanctification. Christ is our sanctification. Amen. They are, in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 11, thank you, Jesus. Hebrews chapter 2, Let's read it all together. This is getting interesting. You see, Hebrews, there's something in Hebrews. Oh, Oh, Hebrews. 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 Let's read it all together. Let's go. Those who are being sanctified, we are the we are being sanctification doesn't finish. Justification is one time act. Okay. <laughs> but sanctification is a process. Wow. So we are being sanctified. We are being and who does the sanctification? Christ. He who sanctifies. And those who are being sanctified, we are all the same. We are for what does that mean? We like the harbor. We 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 bear the nature of God in us. We are not ordinary people. When you are born again, you have the very life of God in Colossians chapter 3, verse 4. He said, When Christ, who is your life? Christ, who is our life, appears. He's actually our life. He's our life. He's our life. He's our life. He's our life. First Corinthians talks about he who is joined with Christ is one spirit. 617, right? But he who is joined to the Lord is what? It's what? Can I imagine? That's what the guys are using, the holy rolling. So in your spirit, you are one with Christ. But now you have to work out this salvation. It's inside. Work it out. It must begin to show that something has transformed. If you are transformed on the inside, you will lose appetite for the rubbish the flesh loves. 
The flesh will still like some things, but you feel very uncomfortable about it because it's not you. You have the nature of God. Yes, yes, yes. Wow. He who is joined to the Lord is one thing. We, we have union with Christ. Christ lives in us, and we live in Christ. Ah! I love that one more. I love Christ lives in me, and I live in Christ. Where do you live? In Christ. Where do you live? In Christ. Where do you live? In Christ. This is an inseparable, irreversible union. It's an irreversible union. And the union we have with Christ is an organic union. Do you understand what that means? Organic union is like, it's actual, it's of life, not cosmetic. It's actual. So then, when I take uh, Eben's jacket and I wore it, uh, so I wear it, it's not organic. It's not organic. But then when they do blood transfusion, and mixes blood. That's, that's a very that's organic. Yeah, they mixed its life into my life. And our union with Christ is not cosmetic. It's actually an organic union. That means that the life I have is actually the life, real life of Christ inside me. Wow. Hallelujah! Yeah. I have the life of Christ in me if you are born again. You listen, we are not ordinary people. We carry the life of Christ. We carry the life of God. Shout hallelujah! Wow. It's an organic union. Yeah. And it's not only organic, mm. it's judicial. Mm. It's judicial. Mm. We are actually been adopted. God went through the adoption pro- pro- uh, pro- program. And the every legitimate, it's a legitimate union. It's not sham. It's no union of convenience. It's a legitimate union. It has met all the requirements of God's laws and systems. When, so when I say Christ is in me and I'm in Christ, it's not some wishful ideology. It's, it's, a, it's organic and it's a legitimate something. What? What? And it's, it's our union of Christ is life. It's a matter of life. Christ lives in me. It's so much part of you. You can't take it off. In the same way, when we are union in union with Christ, Christ is so much part of us. The thing has become part of our lives. This whole Christ thing. That's why some of you can't run away from church. You don't have anywhere going. You can't run away from church. You can't run away from Christ. You can't. It's too late. You are beaten into something. When you become born again, what has happened to you is more than meets the eye. You are, you actually changed. And your change is not from the outside. It's from the inside. And people who are around you will see there's something that Listen, you started coming to church, but you haven't come to Christ. That's why you are still doing the stuff. You haven't changed. You haven't changed. That's why sometimes preaching looks too long for you. No, no, but you know you haven't changed. Some of you are listening to me, especially people who normally sit at the back. You haven't changed. You haven't changed. That's the, the reason why there's no evidence of sanctification in your life is because you haven't been justified. You haven't been justified. So sometimes, some people will tell you that, you see, you are in church, but if you don't change from your sins, you go to hell. Really, you go to hell because you are never justified. And when you are justified, you can't stay in your sins. Wow. You have eaten too much of Christ. 
don't stay in your things comfortably. One of the most disconcerting things or discomforting things that can happen to a believer is when you begin to enter into sin. Yeah. How many of you have sinned before since you became born again? Did you realize how complicated it was for you? Sometimes after a whole period of sweet masturbation, immediately sink into low mood or depressive mood. And it's not because it's not sweet. <laughs> Please relax, no one knows I'm talking about you. <laughs> yeah. Suddenly, you are down. You feel useless, you feel, oh, what a wretched life. I hate this year. <laughs> and it's different from when, before you became Christ, you became a Christian, you came into Christ. You did some things, you were very upset with yourself. That one, you were upset with yourself. But when you are in Christ, and you take Christ, and then practice something that you know, it's sometimes very private, because most of those ones are private. The people who are Christians are and living in public sins. I don't understand them. You are a Christian, and all your friends you are drinking and smoking with are believers. You are smoking with them and drinking with them. You, you are a bad press for God. Bad beer. It looks like I'm talking to somebody. Ask the person, is it not you they are talking about? Tell somebody, please, uh, just excuse me, I'm being sanctified. How many of you have heard someone saying that maybe you yourself said, I don't think I'm a good Christian, I can't do this thing. I can't do this thing. That statement makes me feel that there's something genuine because you just don't like what's happening to you. The dislike is a sign that you still have the life. So what do you do? Get up and still try it. Go again. But this time, surround yourself with some strength. Some brothers, some sisters. If your problem is sisters, stay away from them. Yeah, only shake their hands in church. Hello. Don't put them in your car. Don't sit in there. I'm telling you. At least for, for now. Listen, if your ex follows you to church, stay very far away from him or her. Classic example of Kalima is coming. <laughs> Didn't I tell you the other time that some of the girls, the boy become born again? He said, Oh, me too, I'm born again. You can come and join the choir. I have joined the host team. And all that is for the boy. <laughs> what is this pastor saying? He haven't been around longer than me in church. Fire brothers who have been overtaken by the flood. Noah's flood. Oh. Fire sisters. As for sisters, it's so sad. When a sister falls in love, it's very sad. Everything stops thinking. They can't think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The love syndrome of sisters is sad. Most of you, when you fall in love, you become so stupid. 
stupid. He said, oh, I don't have money today. Oh, you take my card. <laughs> but the beautiful thing is, many people here are genuine about Christ. Yeah. And when you are genuine about Christ, say, before you even got married, there were times you have feelings. But you still kept going. Because the love of Christ constrains. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't tell me as for me. Listen, everybody, you are not different from everybody. You're not different. Only God knows. Maybe, you see the gentleman sitting in front. Maybe he even has his own stronger than you. But he's managed it in Christ. By the help of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Do you understand? No, I don't mean anything, but you understand what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Whether front seat or back seat, yeah. human beings are human beings. Nobody's blood is blue. Yeah. That's why racism is wrong. Because, you see, when, yesterday, the person, Kobe reminded me of something. When the blood of bulls and goats, they can't save human beings, isn't it? That's why Jesus had to use his blood. Yeah. Have you ever seen someone needing blood to ambition and they give him the dog blood? The blood of his dog? Yeah. Or the blood of a cow? It, it doesn't work. But it can give you a blood of a white man. Yeah, and it will work. <laughs> you don't like it. <laughs> it can give you the blood of a black man. As long as the blood genotype yeah. is... In the same way, all of us, every one of us, if you have blood, you, you, you are still going through sanctification. Blood comes with feelings. Blood comes with temptations. That's why when Jesus was resurrected from the dead, I'm okay, thank you. That's why when Jesus was resurrected from the dead, He said, a ghost has not got flesh and bones. He didn't say flesh and blood. That's right. Mm. God, he has shed his blood. He's presented the blood to Jesus, mm. uh, to God. So he didn't have blood. So he said, a ghost has not got flesh and bones. Is it Ma- Ma- John or Matthew? Is it Luke, rather? Okay. Yeah. Behold, my hands and my feet. That is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit, give me King James, for as a ghost, for a spirit has not flesh and bones. He didn't have blood, he would have said flesh and blood. But we always talk about flesh and blood, flesh and blood. This time he said flesh and bones, or no blood. Once you have blood, you need sanctification. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are hormones in your blood. <laughs> there are feelings in your blood. Yeah. So everybody who has blood must strive towards the mark of the price of the high calling. The Christian striving is the striving to be like Christ, not to be perfect, but to be like Christ. We are striving. That's sanctification. We are, both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are of one. So our, our goal is Christ, not the other sister, not the other brother. Right. If the other brother is not doing it well, he's not my target. Yes. Wow. 
and stop patting yourself on the back saying, at least I'm better. Mm. Because I have not gone back to my ex. But you are still doing the pornography. Yeah. And you are comparing yourself to the other brother or the other star who has gone back to their ex. Mm. And so, you, so you think you are better than them. No one should be your, your measuring rod. Christ should be our standard. Christ should be a judge. As long as you use others as your standard, you will always think you are better. You will always think you are better. So sanctification is being changed, transformed. We all with unveiled faces. Ah! You have to see Christ to be like Christ. We all with the unveiled. The, the, the veil has been taken off. The veil has been taken off. And I want to show you something. I think the verse 10 talks about Moses from verse 11 or so. Uh, uh, unlike Moses, who puts a veil on his face, watch this, so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what? what was passing away. He came from the mountain. He went and got the, the commandments, Decalogue, brought it to the people. They couldn't watch his face. Ah, Moses! Ah, ah. So he had to put a veil on his face so he can communicate with them. Mm. But the, the thing is that the glory of God, because of his, his relationship, he was on the mountain for 40 days with God. By the time he finished, the glory of God has, has affected him. His face was shining. The Bible says that in, in, in Exodus also. It said his face shone. They couldn't look at his face. Wow. Ah! Oh, you can you can spend so much time with God that your face is shining. They can't look at you. Wow. Wow. I think I like that one. Yeah, I would like that one. And whenever the children of Israel saw the face of Moses, the skin of Moses' face, is skin care, the skin of Moses' face shone that Moses, that Moses would put the veil on his face again until he went, until he went in to speak with him. Every time he comes back, they can't look, so he has to put a veil on his face. Wow. But, but the, I brought the scripture here, if according to 2 Corinthians, is that Moses had to cover his face. He covered what was passing away. So the glory Moses had was a fading glory. Yeah. It was a fade, fade. The difference between our glory and that glory, his own was a fading glory. Our own is increasing glory. Yeah. So when you look at verse 18, it said, we all with unveiled faces are beholding us in a glass, being, are being transformed into the same image. Guess what? From it just, it's, it's just increasing from glory to glory. That is sanctification, from glory to glory. After being in church two years, your state must be better than how it was when you came in. After being in church five years, your state must be better than how it was two years. Next year, your spiritual life and your level of consecration, your level of purity, your level of Christ-likeness must be better than this year. Next year must be better than this year. Next two years must be better than next year. That is, is progressive sanctification. We are with unveiled faces. Beholding us in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed. Sanctification is process, a process. Mm. Don't stop the process. If you find yourself in a compromising state, get up to church. Some people, when they find themselves in a compromising state, they say, I'm not going to church. Ah, you have a mistake. Yeah. Go to church for strength. Yeah. Yeah. For strength. For strength. Yeah. 
go to church for strength. Go to fellowship for strength. For strength. It's like the church service will become like a defibrillator for you. For strength. Because some of you, where you have sunk to, waking you up will not work. You need shocks defibrillator to, to, to shake you. You need to hear from Pastor David. To give you a rude awakening. Yes. Because you got to wake up because your destiny is leaking. Yes. You are, your destiny is leaking away. Yes. And this is the time to wake up. Hallelujah. It's a sanctification problem. If you find yourself in a compromising state, excuse me, forgive yourself. What's your problem? Are you, are, do you think you are uh, Holy Mary? <laughs> you think you are an angel? You are not an angel, excuse me. You are just a fallen flesh who has been justified and now you are being sanctified. You are being sanctified. You are being sanctified. You are being sanctified. Do not think anybody is better than you. Because you are comparing yourself to people. That's why you are thinking, as for me, I can't even speak in tongues like everybody. I'm not as good as these guys. You, you know what they have been through? Some of the people you are saying, I'm not as strong as that. He's struggling with fornication. No, is might. Might be struggling with fornication. That's a big world problem. It's called downtown issues. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. So, in the nutshell, what I'm trying to say is that once you are justified, Allow the sanctification process to start. We all with unveiled faces, mm. watching us in a mirror, are being changed, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. Yes. We are being changed. My little children, whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed, that is the journey. That's the journey. It's a process of sanctification. How many of you can identify that you are going through a process of sanctification? Yes. So when the holy roly people tell you that you're already pure, yes, say I know it. But it, it has to manifest. Until if it doesn't manifest, it's not pure. If it doesn't manifest, it's not pure. If the medication is working, why are you still having headaches? Wow. You used to have headache. Now we give you medication. No one can see it. But if it's working, then your headaches will stop. Yeah. But if it's not working, they have to give you another medication. If your sanctification, your justification is true, it will produce sanctification. Yeah. If this sanctification justification is not producing sanctification, it's not justification. Yeah. Why is it that you are justified, but you are so comfortable with sin? Yeah. Oh, 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 something oh, when you are justified, you feel uncomfortable about it. Am I preaching to somebody? I'm happy to let you know your days of failing are over. Your days of falling to temptation regularly are over. The days where Satan has sat on your health and your life and your justice, your purity, those days Today, you are a brand new person. 
From today, it's from glory to glory. From today, it's from glory to glory. From today, it's from glory to glory. I see you winning. I see you overcoming. I see you traveling. And I see you prevailing. I see you doing well. I see you becoming more like Christ. God bless you for listening to the amazing message. We pray your life can never be the same. Don't forget to like and subscribe to Carish Church on YouTube and to listen to more messages from David Entry on all relevant streaming platforms. You can also connect with David Entry and our youth ministry on social media. Find David Entry on Instagram and TikTok at davidentry underscore. And find our youth ministry at Caris Phase 2 on Instagram and TikTok and at Caris on Campus on Snapchat. Be blessed.